Hello, friends! It's your old pal, Aria Hawani, back with another edition of DC and Hawani. And after Saturday night, UFC 261, Jake Paul craziness with DC, all kinds of madness, Nick Diaz emerging from the shadows. We got a lot to discuss. There's a lot going on, as always. But first, do want to remind you, the NFL Draft is this week, so make sure you are fully prepared and have all the information you need before Thursday by downloading First Draft, hosted by ESPN Draft experts Mel Kuyper Jr., Todd McShay, and Field Yates. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Also, don't miss Football Americas, the new soccer debate show where Hercules Gomez and Sebastian Salazar cover the U.S. and Mexican national teams throughout the season. Stream new episodes every Monday and Thursday only on ESPN+, and you can sign up now over on ESPNplus.com. All right, on to today's show. As always... Listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Now making their way to the microphone, DC and Helwani. I finally can sort of understand why people enjoy riding bikes. I can't do it. My eight-year-old, my seven-year-old, my four-year-old can ride a bike. Who teaches them? Here's Daniel Cormier and Ariel Helwani. Back in your life on this fourth week of April 2021. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new edition of DC and Hawani. That over there is a struggling oh. Daniel Cormier. I'm Hawani, Ariel Hawani. The action was so hot in Jacksonville that you're still cooling off. What's going on over that. there? It's not that. I had some my breakfast. I got my breakfast of noodles was just a little too spicy. Who has noodles for breakfast? And especially noodles. They don't need to measure breakfast. Yeah, I love them. I How love spicy them were they? Oh, man, three times the spice. <laughs> too much. It's like my t- hey, Ariel. It's not the spice from the Hawani household yeah. where you and Jacqueline and a, cu- a couple drops of that Poirier's hot sauce. Jacqueline coming oh, after you with all hot. this smack talk. Not yeah, the Jacqueline only one. came after me last weekend. Yep, she did. I'm very surprised to see her on the <laughs> phone. She's got me. She's like, you guys have been quarantined for so long that you're both pretty brave. She used to talk her trash from behind the screen. Now she's showing her face. Well, uh, a questionable decision at best to have ramen noodles in the morning, to have spicy, extra spicy ramen noodles a minute before we're about to go in the air. I mean, golly. I I tend to make bad decisions at times. Well, here we are. Part of my intrigue. So much to discuss. Hopefully it will cool down. The action in Jacksonville was extra spicy as well, DC. How about that? What a night it was. We have so much to discuss. Of course, three title fights three fantastic performances by two defending champions and by one new champion, Rose Namajunas, some wacky, scary, gut-wrenching stuff earlier on in the card. The crowd was in full force. There were a bunch of celebrities in attendance. There was one guy that I think you uh, (laughs) exchanged a few words with in attendance. We will get to that. I promise you. I don't know if I've had so many people reach out to me saying, I haven't looked forward to this show so much as I as I do this one this week. The highlight of my night? Yeah. Cuba Gooding Jr. Cuba Gooding Jr. was out in full force the other day, man. Cuba Gooding Jr. was dancing. He was going crazy. I, I mean, I I, I I saw one of those guys. Um, I can't remember the guy's name on his Instagram. He goes, Cuba Gooding Jr. out here. At, you know, he was dancing, acting crazy. I couldn't believe it. Wearing overalls, too. Crazy. Are overalls making a comeback? What's going on? Dude had, a, dude had on. Carhartt overalls, long little goatee. It was straight down here. Hair in a mohawk, dancing, going crazy the whole time. Cuba Gooding Jr. is out of his mind, man. I watched him the entire time. He lost his mind. 
on the, on the Richter scale, where would you put UFC 261 in terms of the energy, in terms of the vibe, the fans, all that? Where would you put it? Ariel, you were a very sweet boy growing up in Canada. So you probably never got sent to timeout. Like you, no. you were a good kid. You know, you're cook, you're baking cookies with mom. You're helping to wash the dishes. You do nothing wrong. You're a good kid. Me, on the other hand, <laughs> I was doing bad things down in Louisiana. So I spent the vast majority of my youth in timeout. When I would get out, though, I would take my behavior to the next level. That's what happened last weekend in Jacksonville. It felt like everybody had been let out of timeout. Ariel, you've covered enough fights to know that when we show up for the prelims, no one's there mm-hmm. except for the fighters' families. 1,000, 2,000 people spread out throughout the arena. There were 5,000 people for fight number one on Saturday night. It was fantastic, man. The energy, the vibe. When you walked out of the tunnel to go to your seat and you start hearing everybody going crazy again, it was like, man, you really did miss that. I was hoping that you would uh, play along with my Richter scale analogy because, of course, and I'm assuming you knew this, today is National Richter Scale Day. <laughs> uh, so I was hoping you would play along with that one. No but, idea what uh, that is. You don't know what the Richter scale is? Look it up. You know, like when there's an earthquake, I guess there's a number on the Richter scale. Earthquake back in the day, John Tenta, remember him? He used to sit on people. I know that earthquake. Yeah, the natural I know disasters. that earthquake. The Part natural. of the natural disaster. <laughs> That's right. typhoon. Yes, That's I know nice. that earthquake. Don't go crazy here. Uh, I know you're you're a pet guy. You got your birds that you love so dearly. Do you know their their names yet? No, still don't. There's only oh. one again. Oh, okay. what happened? Kiki's bird. Kiki's bird has went on the murdering spree again. Oh, Kiki's bird God. takes no prisoners. Every time we stick a new one in there, there end up being one. So, Big Papa. That's what she was calling them last time. Big Papa. <laughs> Big Papa don't want no guests. Big Papa don't want no guests up in his cage. Well, that is appropriate because today is National Kids and Pets Day. So to both Kiki and uh, her Big Papa bird, uh, <laughs> I wish them that. Yeah, you, you, you didn't eat a pretzel on Saturday. You got a hot dog. The, the storyline has actually you know peaked with you and the hot dog. But today is National Pretzel Day. So it would have been uh, Oh, I had a pretzel too. Oh, you did have a pretzel. I had a pretzel too. But the pretzel didn't, you know, the pretzel wasn't part of the story last year. Right. Oh my goodness. Did you see my hot dog? It was juicy. I mean, when I looked down at that hot dog, that hot dog looked like they had stabbed it. Look like they had stepped on it. Is it? Oh, this is the one going to DC. He's been wanting this for a year. Let's give him the worst last hot dog that's been spinning for the last ten hours. What was the guy there? I I, I didn't really walk over there. You okay, know, okay. A bit yeah, there's a lot. To go all into the I crowd, know, I know. You know, but I, I didn't get to go back to the concession. But somebody went and got it for me. Crazy enough, uh, today's National South Dakota Day. Considering what happened to you last weekend, <laughs> kind of weird. And also, finally, I have. I mean, I'd be remiss if I don't mention today's National Help a Horse Day, DC. So if you see a oh. horse in need in Gilroy, please do your part and help said horse. All right, let's get to uh, <laughs> let's get to the fights. And hey, how about this horse? How about the thoroughbred that is Kamaru Dean Usman? I mean, holy Dean. smokes, fourteen straight, fourteen straight now in the UFC, nineteen overall. He disposes of his rival, Jorge Masvidal, with a second-round TKO, a right hand cocked all the way back from Nigeria to Jacksonville. The shots of the, 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 the sweat flying off Jorge Masvidal's you know, forehead, incredible. And so important to note, that was Jorge Masvidal's 50th pro fight. Going into that fight, he had only been TKO'd once in his career. That was back in 2008. Last time he was finished, 
submission, 2009, Toby modified. I mean, what Kamaru did on Saturday, nothing short of amazing. I'm assuming you are very impressed with this man. And I just want to know, did you see this coming? Like he has now evolved into a complete MMA fighter. And especially in the last two years, I think he's in the discussion. Pound for pound best. He really is. I think honestly, with how B being gone and Jones's lack of activity, I think Usman is the number one pound for pound fighter in the world. I think when these updates come out next tomorrow, we should see Kamaru Usman is number one. He's number two now. But I believe that what he is doing is so impressive. And now the activity, right? Because July to April, we've seen him defend that belt three times. Yeah, He's not sitting on the sidelines waiting. He could have done the show, waited until August. But he's back again. And since December of 2019, dude has fought and defended that belt four times. That is so impressive. And his ability to deal with these guys in the way that he does, it's it really is next level because he's fighting the absolute best of the best. That's what happens whenever you become the champion. You get the most scary, dangerous guy every single time. He's not only beating these guys, he's disposing of them in a way that it leaves no question. So fantastic performance by the champ. I love that you, me, everybody in the world now called him Kamar Dean Usman because this man as Rashad Evans so said so beautifully last week, has grown into his name. You know, the champion of the world, proud African heritage um, that he proudly displays. He goes out there and he dominates in a way that is, is, is it, it's a sight to behold. I, I cannot believe that he is doing it in the way that he's doing it. Yeah. Nobody would have thought he would have knocked Masvidal out in the way that he did. And so, also, I was about to say something else. I'm sorry. Did you yeah, I don't know what happened there. What I, happened? I was like, I short-circuited. I was like, Are like, you done or not? One of those spice peppers went into my throat oh, as geez, I was finishing geez. my thought. And by the way, why were you letting me call Masvidal George for a whole show last week without saying, <sighs> Daniel, his name's Jorge. Some people, why, did someone call you George? out on that? Did some you, people? Everybody, you, you let me call this man George for two weeks when his name's Jorge. So here's the thing. It's a weird thing because I've always called him Jorge. His management team, his very good friends call him Georgie, believe it or not. Um, I know some people close to him actually call him George as well. So it's I've okay, asked him, okay, what do you prefer? Good, so it's you, not bad. Okay, it's not bad. Thank you. Because I was like, man, I'm disrespectful. But then when I saw him, he didn't even bring it up. So it's no, like no, he didn't no. have like, any issues with it. No, no, but no. A lot of people were like, dude, that's not his name. No, whenever like Abe or Malky or his coaches talk to me about him, they always say Georgie. So okay. I just thought you were on the inside. I thought you were oh, part so of that I, inner circle. I, I didn't know. Um, anyways. Usman is the man. And you know how you know he's the man now? I was watching first take this morning. Mm. They started with the Nets and the Knicks. Second mm. topic, Kamar Usman. That Knicks, is a big deal. Knicks, normally, Knicks and Nets. normally, the fighting stuff is at the end of the show. It was right at the top of the hour. So they were talking about all the winners who are on long winning streaks. Bro, Usman, <laughs> Knicks. You're not going to give me the, you're not gonna <laughs> give me the buy into this whole Knicks thing. Let's get back to Usman. Uh, you know, I don't vote on the UFC uh, Fugazi rankings, but I do vote on the ESPN.com rankings and uh, we do pound for pound. And uh, I I will put Usman as number one uh, because of the activity, because of how dominant he's been, because of the fact that he's now won 14 straight in the UFC. Uh, The record, by the way, is 16 in a row by the great Anderson Silva. He is very close, amazingly, of of beating that record. Uh, He has now tied Pat Miletic, for most wins in welterweight title fights, five. The only ones who are ahead of him are Matt Hughes, 
and George St. Pierre. That's it. You're talking about rarefied air. And so let me ask you this. Is it, is it unfair to Henry Hooft and the Sanford MMA team to say he has become a much better fighter and more importantly, a much better striker since teaming up with the great Trevor Whitman in Colorado? Was this always a part of the, like, was this coming regardless? Or when you watch him now, the version that we've now seen three times, right? Because he's been with Whitman for July against Masvidal, Burns, and now this fight. Do you feel he is a better, different, more improved striker as a result of that pairing? I do. But Why? there's no knock on Henry Hooft and his style mm-hmm. of coaching. No, no, no. I'm not, that's what I'm trying to do. Right. But I think at times you find a coach and an athlete pairing that just matches up well. And I believe that for Usman, you saw it in the, in the uh, Woodley fight. At times, he would kind of start to wing punches. I feel like Whitman has allowed for him to slow everything down. Because hmm. that's Trevor, right? Trevor's that guy, right? Trevor's like, slow, slow. Fight behind the jab, you're the best in the world. Fight behind the jab, you're the best in the world. And now you see Usman doing that. When Usman would wing punches, and I said this on the broadcast Saturday, when he starts trying to just load up and knock you out, he misses and he misses big. And he looks like he doesn't know how to strike. But when he slows everything down, right, and he puts that jab on you, whether it's from the conventional or the southpaw side, he throws it straight, he's very accurate, and he can really process things better. So even when he was popping Masvidal with the jab and the lead right hand, he landed quite a few lead right hands where he's just there and he's just snapping out the right hand as if it's a jab. He was popping the head back on Masvidal. But then he was jab, 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 jab. Then he threw the slap left hook. When he threw the slap left hook, you got to like, when anytime a punch is coming at you, you got to see those punches. Everybody always talks about not seeing the punches. The punches you don't see are the ones that knock you out. Teddy Atlas said this beautifully the other day. Teddy said, he shifted the eyes of Masvidal with the left hand. He shifted the eyes of Masvidal. So when he threw the left hook, Masvidal has to see the left hook, right? So the hand goes up, the right hand goes up to block the left hook. When he sees the left hook, he did not see the right hand coming down the middle. That put him out. And only a mind like Atlas can see that, right? Because he understands striking and boxing at a different level. So for Usman, blind him with the jab, blind him with the jab, blind him with the jab. Then you change the pattern. Instead of it coming straight at the face, you throw it around the side. And when he threw it around the side, Masvidal go, you know, defend the hook. Boom, right hand stunned him. Mm. Chin to his shoulder. Bro, it was, and I just truly believe he has slowed down under Trevor Whitman. So, no, I don't think that he would still be the champion today if he was with Sanford MMA. I don't believe for a second anyone would have taken that belt off of him. But I believe that the guy that we're seeing now, I don't know if anybody can beat him. Listen, go back to the first Colby fight, and of course we'll get to Colby in a second. Uh, this isn't the same striker. I, no. I was not impressed with the striking in that fight. He was getting hit a lot. It was it was not as smooth. It was not as fluid as, as it is today. So there are improvements. And by the way, shout out to Trevor Whitman, of course. We will get to him too. But like, Bro. what a night, man. Between Rose even, and Camaro, what a night for that man. But even that, right? Like from last year, we went to Jacksonville. Justin Gaethje doing what he did to Tony yeah. Ferguson. He was my coach I mean, of the year 2020. Yeah, to get the... I mean, think about that, though. He's a coach here in 2020. Hmm. So imagine he might be coach of the year again. Because now Rose has got her belt back. Usman defended his belt. And Gaethje is still in the mix. It's like yeah. he's got a small team of people. But boy, are they good. Let me ask you about Masvidal. Was he not serious enough? Did he not respect Usman's power enough? There were moments there where he was kind of, And you know, people do that. They get tagged. 
they smile. Usually when they smile, that means they got hurt, right? Yeah, That's yep, usually the thing. But it felt like his guard was down. Like, did he not respect Usman's power enough because of how the first fight went, in your opinion? Well, he said it. He said it. He said as much, right? He does. I've never seen, I've never been in there with anyone that hits less so soft. He said it himself. Mm, I mean, before, yeah. There is no question as to whether or not he respected the power of Usman. He told you that he didn't necessarily respect the power of Usman. I think that for Jorge Masvidal, he should have changed his mind after the very first right hand in round one. Because Usman hit him with a nasty right hand right at the early, early parts of the fight. And Masvidal smiled at him. Like, if that right hand didn't put you on notice, nothing will. Because even if it didn't floor you, you know that he has that ability to get to your chin. And if he has that ability to get to your chin with his right hand like that, you take too many of them, you're going down. It's it's simple. You cannot let a guy that's as big and strong as Kamaru Usman tee off on you like that. Um, crazy, man. That, that was a mistake made by a guy that has 50 professional fights. You know, but Ori Masvidal is the American dream, right? This is a guy that built some momentum and put himself into two UFC championship fights. He should not hang his head on anything. Mm. Nobody would have ever thought he would even be there. A guy that has lost that many fights, they don't, those guys don't fight for championships. Those guys are the ones that you usually see at the top of the pay-per-view because they are exciting fights. They're going to win or they're going to lose. But Gamebred gained so much momentum in that year that he was fighting a year. He got put on a video game. He fought for the UFC championship twice. He shouldn't hang his head. But the reality is, and I hope this is not this doesn't come off as disrespectful in any way. And Usman said it. There's elite, and then there's very, very good. Mm. And I just feel like maybe Gamebred was a little bit of a level beneath Usman, and it showed on Saturday. But truly inspiring to see what he's done to beat the guys in the way that he did. Take everything together. His 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 personality, his ability to fight, his willingness to fight, and make everybody forget everything else, right? Going into that fight on Saturday, Rogan talked about it, how good he did in round number one in the first fight. Fans around the world, people bet him to beat one of the greatest welterweights of all time. This is a man that going into the fight had 14 losses, but he had done such a good job of promoting himself and fighting in the way that he fought that people were picking him to beat one of the greatest welterweights of all time. So he should be credited. But as Usman said, there are levels. And Kamar Usman is the absolute elite of mixed martial arts. And I just don't know if Jorge was, was that. Yeah, Jorge has nothing to worry about. He will still be a draw. We have uh, plenty of greats in this sport. Randy Couture, Nathan Diaz, BJ Penn before his recent stretch who had double digit losses and were still beloved and will still forever be beloved. So yeah. you know, there are plenty of fights for Masvidal if he wants to continue. He's got this new bare knuckle MMA promotion starting in June. Life is good for this man. He has made yeah, a boatload sure. of money over the last couple of years. So I don't think this hurts his stock, but yes, you're right. There is an elite category in this sport in every weight class and Usman's in that category. And so now the question is, can Colby beat him? Colby says the first fight, was going his way and he was robbed. That's a different Kamar Usman, in my opinion. Yeah. That's a different. Now, I think Colby is number two at welterweight right now. Colby's and, elite. Yes. And they are rewarding him for sitting, which I don't love. And 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 by the way, I feel for Leon Edwards. Poor Leon is going to have to win again. Here's and the maybe problem, though, man. Here's what? the problem. 
Nate Diaz is such a big name. Yeah. That if Leon Edwards goes out there and does, if Leon Edwards can replicate what Jorge Masvidal mm. did against Nate Diaz, I'm telling you, internally, they will start looking at that fight with Usman. It is imperative that Colby Covington gets a fight done, signed, sealed, and delivered before May 15th. Because you're 100% right. Before he Leon... Yeah, yeah, he, he wants needs to, to get this signed before May yes. 15th. Because I agree with you. And I think there's a part of Usman, believe it or not, that would like to give it to Leon. Well, a part, listen, it's no secret. Kobe Covington is the toughest fight in that division. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you say about Kobe Covington. No, 100%. Kobe Covington is a dog. For Kobe Usman Covington especially. trains yeah. hard. He fights hard. He's always in great shape. And he's a full-on competitor. He's always going to bring it. He'll be the toughest guy. Leon Edwards did a good job against Usman last time, and his striking is going to be a problem in the future. But this new Kamaru might maybe be able to strike with the dude. But for Colby Covington, dude's got to get this thing in writing. Maybe not Usman's side needs to be signed, but he has got to get his contract signed before we get to eight, to May. Because if 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 Leon Edwards goes out there, and he batters Nate Diaz, they'll start to think about it. And DC, God forbid, God forbid, Stockton's own Nathan Diaz pulls Nate off. Nate wins. Run. Nate's getting God the title for- fight. <laughs> Let me tell you this. Nate, listen. <laughs> That's the worst Nate, thing to happen to Colby, right? Nate wins. I can tell you this. I said that if Leon Edwards can beat Nate Diaz like Masvidal did, they'll start to think about it. Nathan Diaz. Wins this fight, there's no question. Kobe gets bumped. I am certain Diaz will then fight Usman for the title because guess what? If Usman's smart, Diaz wins, he starts to call Diaz out just like he did with Masvidal. 100%, 100%. This is the fight I want. Absolutely. He, he, he picked Masvidal because he knew that that was the fight that would generate the most. He'd make the most amount of money off that fight. And uh, his team is already kind of planting the seed that if Diaz wins, they'll go after that fight. And by the way, not for nothing, Nathan Diaz will be on a one fight winning streak at that point. <laughs> Doesn't Kobe matter. Covington is also on a one fight winning streak. It's not like <laughs> e- not talking even. about, you know what I mean? I know they're it sounds even. crazy, but hey, in this game where the champion hey. can kind of call his shots, I wouldn't be shocked if Nathan wins that he gets the title shot. Wouldn't be shocked. Absolutely. Because guess what? Masvidal went to the title fight last week off of a loss to Usman, right? So it's like, we've seen that before. So when guys win a fight, why not? Especially when you're Nathan Diaz, you know? The Crazy start things have happened where they call audibles. I mean, we thought we were getting Diaz Masvidal too. Colby Covington needs to get his contract into yeah. the UFC right now. Well, they and have guys, to give him the, the they have to give guys, him the contract first. Guys, I would be on the phone. I'd be hitting the line right now. Dana Hunter, uh, mm. Sean Shelby, send me my bout agreement. It does not need a pay per view date. Just give me an idea of when I'm going to fight. Send me a date. Let me put pen to paper so that. If they do decide to audible, at least you got it on paper. Like, hey, I was in. Mm-hmm. There was no issue. I was in. So, but that dude, he is, this, hey, it's a risky game. The game that he's in right now is risky because Kamaru Usman has earned the right to say, I think this dude should get a title fight because, because they're all pretty much sitting around the same. Only one that stands out above them all is Leon Edwards, which is crazy, right? Because... Leon Edwards has won so many fights in a row. Everybody else has won one if Diaz wins. 
Leon Edwards has a resume that deserves a title fight. He just doesn't, he doesn't have the following of the other two. Usman's on fire. Uh, not quite in GSP territory bro. conversation. Not quite, but we're getting bro. close. We're getting bro. close. He's not try- quite there. Bro, he dresses phenomenally you. well. Dude, not I'm quite there. Tell you. Not quite. I tell you, George said it to us the other day on my on our weigh-in show. Not he goes, quite. Older athletes, we hate to admit it, but as time goes, so do the athletes and the technical skills. He goes, so I believe welterweight today is even better. And I was fighting. This is George's words. Yeah, I'm just saying, not quite from a resume Bro. standpoint. But hey, we got a little, we got a little HBK Diesel thing going with Usman and uh, Francis Ngannou there. It's a nice little Mama Africa team that they got. You saw going Francis on dancing on the way oh, out of the curtain. Great. I'm like, oh my goodness! I thought Usman's brother was the biggest um, hype man you could ever find. I came. It was, I was like, wait a minute, is that Francis dancing? <laughs> I said in the back, I said, Francis, you were dancing. He goes, brother, I, I'm a, I'm, I can dance, Daniel. What are you talking about? And now Francis is high rising, jet flying <laughs> out to Cameroon. Francis right now left Jacksonville to Paris, Paris to Cameroon on a private jet. Talk about the heavyweight champion of the world is living life now to the fullest. Good for him. So congrats. Now let's talk about the co-main event. I said it last week. I said it last week. That's right. I said it last week. When she is on, there is no fighter that I enjoy watching more. And we didn't get a lot. We didn't get a lot of it. I mean, the fight was 118. But DC, Rose Namajunas against the buzzsaw that is Zhang Wei Li splits the guard right here. I don't think that was talked about enough. It was. Yes. Go around the guard. How is that? I mean, holy smokes, it drops her and finishes her. She is unbelievable. And then the emotion and the story that she was going to retire two years ago after getting slammed on her head. I mean, beautiful stuff. A week ago, you know, everyone came after and trying to vilify her. This week, she gets her flowers. Rose Namajunas is the straw weight queen. And, uh, and what a moment. And, and what a finish. You see, how hard is that to, 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 to split the guard like that? First woman to ever lose a title and then recapture a title. Same weight class. Same weight class. I don't think it's ever been done. Nobody's no, it's never been done. That. No, never no, been done. No, no woman's ever, no woman's ever done that. But like, look, Rose is bouncing, right? And that's what she did against Andrade in the first round. So when she's bouncing and moving her feet, you can't really get a beat on her. So as Zhang Wei Li is like watching Rose pop soft jabs, pop soft jabs, Rose is doing this like little action where she's going back and forth, side to side. So this back and forth action looks the same on the jab as it does on that high kick. So when she takes that, when she steps forward, left leg forward, right leg back, and she throws the jab, it comes out like that. When she does that same step, but then throws the kick, it still looks like jab. Hmm. So when she did that step, she could have threw inside leg kick. She could have threw body kick off the front side, or she could have thrown the jab. So when she did that step, Zhang Wei Li took a, a back step because she thought low leg kick was coming. Rose brought that right up, smacks her right up under the chin. It was nasty because it Zhang's like this, right? So Zhang's like this. The kick comes. Normally, when they kick you here, you just kind of block it as it hits your form. This kick came from up under the guard, landed right here on the neck. Everybody talks about head kicks. And even when I got kicked in the head by Jones, he kicked me on the side of the head, so it knocked my equilibrium all crazy. But if you if you get him in the neck, it's good night, Irene. Zhang went down. Rose jumped on her. Crazy because going into Brazil when she fought Jessica Andrade, the whole story was she wasn't able to handle the pressure of being a champion. 
She hated everything about it. The media, the, 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 the busy schedule. And it was like a weight off of her shoulders. When I was on the flight back from Brazil with Rose and Pat, she didn't even seem upset. Yeah, she was happy. She was relieved. <laughs> like she was relieved. Yeah. I was like, wow, this girl's like handling this better than anybody I've ever met in my life. But then that being away from it, right? And w- working her way back towards it, she gained an appreciation for what that championship means. And I think her crying showed you that she now realizes that it's all she wants in this world to be the world champ. Both the UFC and Rose didn't do a good enough job. And and, and they're both to blame for this because she shunned it. And I think they were a little late to the party of promoting her the right way when she was champion. Rose can be a mainstream superstar. People love Rose. Talk about my wife. Like my wife loves Rose. People see themselves in Rose because she puts her heart on her sleeve, because she talks about her emotion, mental health, because she plays piano like a freaking, you know, like, 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 like someone who's in the freaking like uh, Philharmonic. Like she is an unbelievable talent and she has a great story to tell. She's got a great vibe to her. She could be a generational talent. She could be someone that breaks through the mainstream if they promote her the right way. And so it's a great story. So happy for her. So happy that she was able to do it like that. I don't, you know, I saw what John, what's, what's that? Hey, I thought you were just texting while I was talking. And Lil I we- no, Lil Weezy. I'm Lil about Weezy. to do an effing song named Thug Rose. Oh, she the nickname is perfect. Hard. Yeah, the like nickname is perfect. Everything is, yeah. Everyone loves Rose Namajunas. Yeah. Everyone loves Rose Namajunas, bro. And, hey, she's a beautiful girl. She's very pretty, right? She's got the short hair. She, she cut it all off, right? She, she cut it all off. She still is a beautiful woman that can just fight. You know, you look at Zhang Weili and she's strong and she's big and she's muscular. But Rose seems so, like, tall and sleek and she's a, you know, Pretty girl, but then she knocks people out in a way that she got power. Has, I said this Saturday. I was like, when Rose Namajunas wins championships, she doesn't just win championships. She makes memories that'll last forever. Because you remember when she knocked out Joanna, and we're yelling "Thug Rose, Thug Rose, Thug Rose," and then now this one, we're all you, like grabbing onto each you, other, like, "Oh my goodness!" Like, Rogan's she, eyes were about to pop out of his head. About to pop out of his head, and then Joe's in there crying. Joe's <laughs> like, "I'm so happy for you," because like the hug is like. That's the thing, bro. Rose Namajunas <laughs> brings out emotion in people yes. that you don't even realize that you have for her. It's like we're all grabbing each other. Like, oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! You know, Whaley at one twenty-one fights in a row. Yeah, you, you know why? I th- I think a lot of us see ourselves in Rose because she she does look somewhat you know ordinary in the sense that she doesn't have the biggest muscles because she talks about her struggles. She's not superhuman, That's right? What it is all so of her, all of her, like all of her, all of her like insecurities, all of her her emotional ish, everything, right? She just kind of lays and bears it all out there for you. So it's like, oh, I deal with a lot of this too. Like I'm insecure in this way. I don't deal well in this way. And Rose just kind of tells you so you can relate to her. And because you can relate to her, it's like you root for her. And then when she goes in there and she's like stone faced, I'm the best. Oh my God. I'm the best. (laughs) I'm the best. Hey bro, like see, and Barry's in her face. Who's the best? And she, I'm the best. I'm the best. Dude, hey, she is in front of Joanna. You're Jay Check. Joanna's like, Joanna's like, I am going to kill you. It's over. Rose is saying the Lord's Prayer. The Lord. That was, that was some of the craziest Rose stuff. Rose is saying the Lord's Prayer. Joanna's <laughs> telling her she's going to kill her. That's like okay, some exorcist type stuff. Her, our father. Like, that's, that is Rose Namajunas, bro. Like, she just like, she seems like a, an assassin, but she is so like vulnerable and people are drawn to that. 
I feel for Zhang because, like you said, amazing winning streak undefeated in the UFC. I think the fight ended so definitively and quickly that she will not get an immediate rematch. I like the idea of the Rose Redemption Tour. If Carla Sparza beats Yan Chaonan in in, um, in May, I love the idea of rematching them because remember Carla beat Rose tough yeah. finale in their first official UFC fight. But I don't know if you can. I know Zhang is kind of campaigning, and I, I don't think she's that far away. Like one away. I mean, heck, you could even do Yan Joanna uh, versus Zhang you know, right off the bat now that she's no longer their champion because the first fight was so good, but I, I don't know if you could do it right away. Right. I, I think, I mean, I don't have a problem with him fighting mm -hmm. again because it happened so fast. Right. Zhang Lili could just, you know, she can say she got caught, right. Mm -hmm. She beat everybody, but what we forget, Zhang Lili's only been here for about three years, yeah. not even yet. I mean, she's three years in August. She's only been in the UFC for two and a half years. She has already won the belt and defended the belt. So when you talk about a dominant force in that weight class, it's Zhang Weili. I don't hate her getting a title fight right away, but I can understand if that's not something they want to visit right away. But you start to get, it gets dangerous, right? If you get Carla Esparza in Rose, I understand what you said, because what if Tatiana comes back? And then you got Zhang Weili here. You she got still got a ways. Things. She still got a ways. Like, I don't understand what's going on with Suarez. She, I mean, she, she re-injured. No, no, I, I talked to her recently. She uh, she suffered a new injury um, on her hand. Uh, she's got shoulder stuff, neck stuff. Hope She was hoping by this summer it's gone delayed. It's just a string of bad luck for her. The wrestling, the wrestling. The lifetime of wrestling has kind of worn on her body a little bit. Um, yeah, man, it's a good weight class. It is the best. It's the most fun female weight class we have in the UFC the deepest weight class we have in the UFC. And Agreed. I just, I'm happy that Rose Namajunas, Zhang Weili was mad, but she shouldn't have been. Mm. She got knocked out, bro. She was hurt bad. And she was staggering all over the octagon when she got up and th they couldn't have let her continue. So if she gets a rematch, I don't hate it. But even if not, she's only one away, like you said. So that was a beautiful moment in the co-main event. And then in the tri-main event, if that's even a word, you had a holy bleep moment. Like, yeah. wow. My favorite part of Valentina Shevchenko's win over Jessica Andrade wasn't necessarily the seven takedowns, which was a career high for her in a UFC fight. Prior to that, five takedowns. Wasn't the dominance. It was the look on her face right after the fight was called off. And she looked around at everyone. She's like, this is the person that you guys thought was going to give me my toughest test at 125. Like, holy smokes. She was like a cyborg out there. It was unbelievable to see her just go in there with a point to prove. Someone who has nothing to prove to anyone. <laughs> point to prove. I'm going to smoke this woman that you all said for the past week Bro. or so was going to give me my toughest test. She is a stone cold assassin. There are <laughs> moments in the fight, right, that you understand that, wow, we're dealing with a different level. Let me tell you the one for me. It was okay. after the fight because I spoke to her on the, at the fighter meetings. And she said, I tripped against Jennifer Maya. Yes, she was heavy and I wasn't able to get up. But that's the area that they think that I'm going to struggle in. Okay, oh. I'll show you even better. And then after the fight, all of you that are looking for weaknesses, there aren't any. That was the one that I like. I was like, whoa. When she said, for all of you looking for weaknesses, there aren't any weaknesses. Now what you're going to do? Bro, she's, I mean, <laughs> Valentina Shevchenko is ridiculous. She's she is so nice. She's such a nice person, but I like it when she gets a little cocky. I think it's oh. great because she deserves to be cocky. Like, she could talk yeah. some smack. 
And, and her actions back it up. Like we all went gaga over Jennifer Maya winning one round and not really doing much in that round, to be honest, but it was her round. Let's give her credit. And she goes in there against Andrade and just, I mean, and this is no scrub. Like she, you know, let's be honest. You, you talked about 115 being deep. The gap between her and the rest of the weight class is greater than any champion and any group of challengers in any weight class in the sport, regardless of promotion, really. Outside of, outside of Amanda Nunes at 145. Well, that's not even a real weight. I'm mean, just saying, you it's know, not like, a real weight. Right? Like, but, but, by the way, up. even Amanda Nunes was fighting Chris Cyborg at 145, right? At, like, we, at the beginning, I'm talking about right now. Today, right now, yeah. There, there's no one there. There's literally no. It's me and you there. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like still, you know, like it's like, fair enough. Okay, so if she if there's nobody there, then who else there to challenge Amanda? You know, so but okay, no, so then it. let me ask you this: the If Amanda skills. wins, if Amanda beats Juliana Pena, Dana doesn't want to do it. He said it at the. I don't understand why he doesn't think she's too small at 135. She is, but even if she's small, she's taken. She's taken three rounds off of Amanda in the. Yeah. They fought eight. She's taken three. It's mm-hmm. five three. Amanda. Amanda won the first two of the first fight. Valentina won the third. Amanda won three in the second fight. Valentina won two, and some people think Valentina won the fight. So right. it could be flipped the opposite way. We're four four. It's as competitive a fight as they can be. I. I'd love to see them fight again because I think it's only it's those two and everybody else. Yeah. I think if they both fight one more fight, I th- you know, Amanda gets rid of, of Juliana Pena. I mean, there's really nothing going on at 135. If Valentina fights one more fight at 125 and Hold you up. have a Lauren Murphy, Joanne hey, Calderwood. I know you, but man, you guys got to stop with that. Man. Like, I mean, listen, 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 Lauren Murphy's what I, I like Lauren. Yeah. I think Lauren Murphy, I think she's a nice lady. I know, man. I know. I think Lauren's a good fighter. But come on, man. I know. Ariel, I know. Come on, I, know I know. Ariel, I know. Like, come on, man. Like, that's crazy, dog. If you think. So you're telling me. All right, man. I, this is bad because I'm end up disrespecting Lauren Murphy. And maybe I, maybe Lauren Murphy is going to go out there and surprise us all because mm-hmm. we've seen it before. But, man. I know. Come on, Ariel. It's a tough this, one. I mean, it's a tough one because <laughs> it's a tough one, man, because that's bad, man. She going if she could so do you what say, she did, You say do it now. Do it next. I say After do Juli- it next, if, if, let's not disrespect Juliana Pena. Yeah, if, if she beats Juliana. Do it right away. Come on, man. January Lauren, 2022. Like, I watched Lauren do a good job on Fight Island to win that fight. She's so tough and she's so durable. But Valentina is so dynamic and so, man, she's so strong and big yeah. for that weight class. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. She's so big, bro, that they can't really deal with her strength in great shape. She's, I mean, she's an absolute killer. Like, Ariel, come on, man. That's that's a that's what I'm talking to Lauren. I think you can make an argument right now that it's one A, one B in terms of greatest of all time and skill. Why you can't make that argument for female fighting for for women's MMA? Why you can't make that argument is Valentina, unfortunately, is is only as good as the people she's beating in the sense that Amanda has gone through. Ronda Rousey, Misha yep, Tate, yep, yep, Holly yep, Holm, Chris. Yep, yep. She doesn't have those fights because 125 is so bare right now. Can I ask you a question? But when it's done, I think she'll be in that conversation. Can yes, I ask go you ahead. A question? Yeah. Do you think, and no, again, no disrespect. Yeah. It would be no different. I think Valentina beats all those people. Maybe Cyborg is just too big for her. But everybody else, I think Valentina beats them all. Do you she see? Every one of them. They fight this summer. I think I'm picking Valentina. How about that? Well, I mean, after the no, last Valentina, fight, Amanda, no, Valentina, Amanda, if they fight, the I think I'm picking Valentina. After the last fight, look at how close it was. Yeah. And, and, can I say something? Yeah. And this is no, not hey, listen, I got to always like say that. Why you guys Amanda, say that all the time? 
skill for skill, mm-hmm. skill for skill, Valentin is better. Mm-hmm. Skill for skill, crazy. Valentin is better. How do you not make that fight? It's such a big Bro, fight. I, I'm saying, <laughs> skill, listen, skill for skill, in terms of clean striking, in terms of the wrestling, I, I think Valentin is a little better. I think Amanda is a little bigger. Amanda's more powerful. She hits harder. Amanda can finish you like with her hand, just knock you out. But I think Valentina Shevchenko, skill for skill. But we know when they fight, Amanda wins the fight. So whatever advantages she has, she's better at taking taking uh, and, and winning them and fighting in those places. All right, let's take a quick pause in the action. I do not disagree with what you just said. And DC, let's welcome back an old friend to the show. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Saturday night was great. I loved it. I loved the three title fights. I mean, it was reminiscent of 217 where we had the three finishes in the three title fights. Although that night we had three, um, we had three challengers win the belt. So this was a little different, but I have to admit I was in a fog for those entire fights. I was in a fog. I went to bed depressed. I went to bed sad because of what happened to Chris Weidman. And now the last time we saw that in the UFC, it was Anderson Silva. And we've seen this before. We saw Corey Hill. May he rest in peace. It happened to him. He was the first one. We also saw Tyron Spong, by the way, in uh, Glory. It happened to him. The difference between Anderson Silva in this situation and the, the coincidence of it happening to Chris after it happened to Anderson against Chris at two, at two, in 2013 at 168 is mind-blowing. But the difference was that ended the show. Right. We all like kind of went to bed that night thinking about here. We had to like almost like dust it off and keep going and celebrate while this man is freaking on the way to the hospital in the worst kind of pain. I was there at 168 in the back working for Fox. I have never, ever, ever heard a man yell the way I heard Anderson Silva. I was in the back. So they were carting him out into the ambulance. I was I've never I will never forget that shriek. And I saw Chris who is such a good guy who I think everyone likes and respect go through that literally seconds into the fight. It was very, very hard to watch. What was it like being there in person? Cause I can't, I, it was a nightmare. It truly was a nightmare to watch that gut wrench. I heard it when he kicked, I was like loud kick. And one of us said, Oh, great kick by Weidman. And he took his leg back and it just twisted. It literally just twisted and he fell down. That's the only time I've seen. Cause I never was able you to watch away. it. Again. I could not look at it. It made me sick. I saw a video of Chad Ochocinco about to throw up, trying mm. like when he saw it happen. Like it, the the gasp in that arena, Ariel. Horrible. 15,000 people went, <gasps> everybody. And then immediately the medical staff and everybody just ran up. They, they, they knew it was bad. Oh, they started so covering Chris. They got him in a boot. And 
it's a sad situation for anyone before a guy like Weidman who had really put himself back in position to challenge because he had moved, he had gotten himself into shape. He'd gotten his mindset back to when he was champion. He had done everything to try to give himself a chance for that to happen on kick. Number one, 17, terrible, yeah, terrible. And so then the other part of it that makes it tough is knowing that it might be over for Chris, right? Like, does a guy his age come back from something like that? You know what I'm saying? Like, he'll be back. Anderson came back. I don't know, man. Like, he's, I don't he's know. He's 36. I think he yeah, could be back. Yeah, I know. But still, dude, like, when you do what Chris had to do to put himself back to where he was mentally, physically, yeah. the long road that's ahead of him with – and let me tell you something. Chris Weidman's a smart man. He can do whatever he wants in this world. If he wants to pivot and do something different, he will be successful at that too. I don't know if you motivate yourself back off of off of your back, which is what he's going to have to do to get back to fighting at the absolute highest level. Long road, man. And for me, it felt like, man, I feel like that might be the last time I see Weidman in the octagon. No, and it made I, me feel I, sad. I do not accept that. Uh, Chris Weidman has been through a lot. If you know a bit about his story, I mean, this guy was living in his parents' basement with his wife and their firstborn yep, when he yep. started his and became career. The champion of the world. Had no money. Hurricane Sandy wiped out his house right before he was about to fight Anderson Silva. Um, I mean, his father-in-law was just hit by a car a couple months ago and tragically died. I this guy, look, listen to his it. song. What's Chris Weidman's song? I'm not going to sit here and let you say. And look, no. I'll be honest. You see, there are certain guys. I'm a human being. I'm a journalist. I call it down the middle, but I'm a human being. And there are guys in this sport that I've connected with and who I like. Very Weidman's much one respect. of them. You are one of them. You know that. He is one of them. He's no, in the same. Listen, I don't so want I'm not going to sit here. I don't want Weidman to be done. He's not I don't want done. him to be done. I just fear that. Your mindset, man, to, to get back from something like this after being at the mountaintop, after having to build back to get to a place where you feel you can go back to the mountaintop, it's hard. He's still young. He has time. I'm just saying, like, that was a feeling I had inside my stomach whenever he was getting carted out of there. Of course. It's a natural feeling. The prognosis is this. He had surgery Sunday morning. Um they say eight weeks, he won't be able to walk. It's going to be a while, you know, before he can drive and things like that. And 12 months or so, God willing, he'll be able to come back. But yes, it's, it's a long road and it's, it's tough. The crazy thing is, is it just like a weird thing? Like I saw Connor talk about it on Twitter and he said like, oh, there must've been like micro fractures. A hairline but, fracture in there somewhere or something. And then it somebody just, asked me that last night. Somebody texted me to go, well, did he have a hairline fracture? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know what happened. And that they just didn't know about, and then that it makes it explode. Like, how does that happen? It's like a routine kick, right? Just a routine yeah, but he thing. Kicked the front of, he, kicked the, he kicked the front of Uriah's knee, looked like. God. And he kicked him hard, man. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happened. And it, it actually makes me sick a little bit just even thinking about it because when I talk, when we talk about it, it's hard not to envision yeah. what yeah. happened again, especially right after what had happened to Jimmy Crute's leg. Yes. I mean, that was crazy. Like, it was like, I, I don't know what was going on. I don't know what would happen. And I just hope Chris gets better, man. I hope he gets better. He posted a video on his Instagram. He's clearly a little bit out of it. But, um, you know, we obviously wish him the best. And I you know, listen to his song, right? Won't back down. Yeah, man will be song. back. Uh, I just want to say before I ask you about Jimmy Crute, you know, I give your eye hall a hard time for always being the angry guy. But he handled that situation very, very, very well. He, he's different now, bro. He is he's different. different now. Like he's Uriah Hall walking to the. A year ago, we went to a fighter meeting. Hmm. Raya Hall had an issue with something I said on the commentary. 
So he was almost refusing to speak to me. Got to Jacksonville when his fight got canceled. We spoke. That was a year, essentially. Mm. Fast forward a year, Uriah Hall has been chosen to be the captain of Fortis MMA mm. because of his work with his peers, with the way that he motivates, with the way that he trains, and his commitment. And he came into that fire meeting the other day, and I just felt he's a different man. He's a much different guy, man. He's so much more comfortable with himself that I think he's had to navigate a lot. Because when you have knockouts like he did on the Ultimate Fighter and all that expectation is thrust upon your shoulders, sometimes you can lose yourself. And I think Uriah Hall has made it back to who he is at his core. And, you know, he's gotten so much better. Yeah, and there's bad blood there, but he handled it extremely well. And then the Jimmy Crute situation, you know, obviously what happened to him was funky. And we've now seen it a few times where, you know, the leg just gives out. But honestly, I feel like we missed the point of that fight. The story of that fight wasn't necessarily his leg. The story of that fight was Anthony Smith. Oh, Anthony Smith looked good. Didn't he? A year ago, DC, <laughs> we were all like praying for the fight to be stopped, begging for the fight against Gorbachev Teixeira in the same building in the same yes. town. Then he comes back against Alexander Rakic and looks like a shell of his former self, like a guy who just had nothing left. And now yep. he's won two in a row. And the jab was popping. I know. Shout out that. to James Krause and that team. They're doing great things with him. No, no, but, no, no. Um, um, uh, Factory X. Yes, Factory X, too. But wasn't James in the Krause, corner, too? Yeah, Krause yeah, yeah. and Factory Mark, X. Mark Montoya. Together. Yep. Mark Montoya, they're doing it together. They are so doing Krause, it together. Glory Kickboxing, Krause's team, they've mm-hmm. really built some momentum. Mm-hmm. But uh, Factory uh, X is tremendous. Anthony also trains a lot out in Colorado with Mark yep. Montoya. But he looked great, right? The jab, oh. like he, he looked on point. Well, his and, and- jab was swelling up the eye of Jimmy Crute before we even got to round, at the end of round one. Right. Anthony right. was moving, pop, pop, pop. I was like, ooh, look at Anthony Smith feeling himself. Because nothing motivates you more than being the guy that people think is the stepping stone to the next level. Because that's what he was. Mm. He was in that position for, Demi, for Jimmy Crute to either go to the top or get pushed back. And he took offense to that. And, you know, you said last year we were like, stop the fight. Losing to Rockage is like, oh, this dude's done. Mm-hmm. Dude's 32 years old, man. Yeah. Dude is 32 years old. He's, he's got 50 like fights. 50 fights, yeah. It's crazy. He's got 50 fights at 32 years old. So, dude, he's a fighter. He's got time. And when I, we, you know, we talked to him last week and he was just, he's aware of that. He goes, when I hear people talk about retirement, I'm like, I'm 32. Mm. I'm just getting started. And that, that version that we saw last weekend, dude's good. That jab looked nice, though. I was like, wow. He said, I'm just getting good. I'm actually just getting good at fighting. Don't have a real update on Jimmy. I reached out to his team, but it's a long road back to Australia. But hopefully it'll be okay. You know, usually those things don't lead to uh, to much, yes, much damage. Go ahead. Think about this, though. Henry Cejudo. Mm. Henry Cejudo had that happen to him. And he won. And beat Demetrius Johnson. Think about the steel trap that is Henry Cejudo's mind. Right. He literally just stumped it onto the ground until it, it woke up and he went on to beat Demetrius Johnson over five rounds. So for everything that people say about Henry, cringe is annoying. Henry Cejudo had that happen to him, just yeah, like yeah. Jimmy Crute. He stumped it on the ground to try to wake it up and beat Demetrius Johnson. That's why people need to respect 100%. Henry Cejudo and how good he is. He's incredible, man. That's tough. 
No, no, his resume speaks for itself. I mean, he's he's annoying as all hell, but <laughs> he's as great as he is annoying. Oh, you he's can't... the man, bro. Henry yeah. Cejudo is the man. His mind is like nothing I've ever seen. You can't take that away from him. Uh, the I mean, the card... It, it was fun. The crowd, like I said, elevated Randy Brown with the great win, the one arm rear naked choke. Um, Brendan Allen with a great win. Pat Sabatini with a great win. Uh, Ariane Carnalosi with a great win. Jeff Molina with a fun fight. I mean, the last minute of that fight was wild. Crazy. <clears throat> but now we have to address something. We have to address what happened on the prelims huh. because my man DC made some headlines. And I got to tell you, everyone coming up to me, are you going to talk about it? Are you going to ask him? Are you going to, of course, we're going to talk about it. So tell us what happened. You and Jake Paul caught on camera in front of the world, like in broad daylight in the arena. Give me the story. How do you end up from the broadcast table to face to face with the problem child, Jake Paul? What happened? So there, there are a lot of things that I can handle in my life. One is not like, like, I feel like this guy disrespects being like that disrespectful talking in a way that I don't feel he would do to my face. I can't deal with that. So I was sitting at the table and somebody said, Oh, Jake Paul's here. So I look behind me and he's like making faces at me and waving at me. He's like waving <laughs> at me and making faces. I'm like, what in the world is happening? Like what is happening in the middle of the broadcast? Well, yeah, that was like, I'm 24. I'm like this 24 year old kid is like, he's heckling me. Right. He's heckling me. He's like a troll, but like a famous troll. Mm. So finally, I got a break, and I was like, hey, do I have a couple minutes? They were like, no. I said, guys, I need a few minutes real quick. And they said, okay, you got two minutes right now. My, my producer said, you got two minutes. So I just got up, and I went over there. I went over there, and – um, You didn't tell them where you were going? You just said, no, I need two I just minutes. told them I, had, I needed a couple minutes. So okay. I just went over there. Because, again, like the whole time after he's doing that, I'm just in my mind, like it's all I can think about. It's like this guy's like being like so ridiculous, like I need to tell him something. So I just walk over there and he kind of leans in like we're going to have a conversation and his hands are in his pocket. And, and I said, Hey, I'm not going to play your games. I go, don't mess with me. So I'm not, I'm not a kid to play with like this. Like I'm not going to be on the internet messing around and all this other stuff. I go, keep my name out of your mouth. And then his security came and then he starts to kind of, once the security and everybody got around, he started to play big boy a little bit, starts trying to point and do all that. But initially, he thought his hands are in his pocket, and he kind of leans in. And I said, I'm not going to play your game. I'm not going to fight. I said, you're going to get yourself hurt, like, messing around. I'm not going to fight with you and play these public shenanigans. I go, keep my name out of your mouth. He said, well, you said my name first. And I'm like, don't play with me. I said, don't play with me. I'm not going to – I'm not I'm not a kid to be messing with like that. Were you ever close to slapping him? Hitting I wanted him? to grab his face. I was yeah. going to grab him by the face, but I would have gotten in trouble by the UFC. Right. Because I need, because listen, a kid like that, you, you, like when a, you alpha a kid like that, when these kids, when people start met you alpha, like I wanted to grab him by the face and smash him into the ground, but I can't do that at work. I would have gotten into a lot of trouble. So I just went over there and tried to have a conversation with the kid. And, he, and then, you know, the security comes and all that. And he's like, well, sign the contract. I'm like, come on. Sign the what contract. contract. What are you talking about? Sign the contract. What, what contract this? are you referring to? <laughs> this Paul Costa contract. contract. <laughs> what is that? Sign the contract. What are you talking about? Sign the contract. There is no contract. Like, I mean, I told you last week, you don't punch down the to go do all that. But like, come on, dude. You can talk and act like that with certain people. Not everybody. Not everybody's gonna do that. And you start messing with like certain people, they're gonna kind of get tell you about what, what they're feeling.
So let me ask you bluntly. Do you want to fight Jake Paul? I don't want to fight Jake Paul, but I'm not going to let Jake Paul disrespect me. But I'll tell you one thing. Let me tell you one thing about Jake Paul. And I'll refer back to the Conor McGregor deal, right? Conor went to fight Floyd, made a ton of money because he had to. Floyd Mayweather is the greatest boxer of all time. So you go and play on his playing field. Why would I go and box Jake Paul? Who I am doesn't make me chase anything. I made my money as the heavyweight champion of the world. I don't have to chase a payday. This kid wants to fight. Okay, I'll fight him. But it'll be a mixed martial arts competition. If he wants to actually fight with me, fight me in mixed martial arts, and then I'll fight him all the way down to 205. I'm living happy. I'm fat. I'm healthy. <laughs> I'll go all the way down to 205 to fight this kid in mixed martial arts. If you really, really want to fight me, like seriously fight me, fight me in mixed martial arts, and this is not going to be fun. I'm telling you right now, at 42 years old, bad back and everything, I'm going to torture him, and I'm going to hurt him. I don't want to box him. I don't want to fight in a limited skill set of rules. You want to fight me. And you really want to fight me. Fight me in a mixed martial arts competition. I'll go all the way back to 205. And I'm going to smash him. And I'm going to hurt him. And then he can go back to fighting these YouTube kids. But don't think for a second that I would ever chase a payday in boxing because I don't need it. I'm good. I made my money as the champion of the world. You want to really fight me? You got an issue with me? Fight me in mixed martial arts. And I'm going to torture you. And I'm going to rip his face apart. I'm going to hurt the kid. And I will teach these kids not to continue to do this with people like me. Athletes. This is insane. This is Ariel, I will, I will hurt the kid. I, listen, I know when you're serious. And I could feel the seriousness from the screen. I just want to know. How did we go from not punching down last week to you actually saying you're, you're going to drop oh, him on his head? I'll, no, I'm not going to drop him. I'm going to choke him. Okay. I'm going to elbow him. I'm going to hurt him. I will actually hurt him. Like, don't do that to me. I, Ariel, one time I was in college once. Let me just tell you a story real quick. Okay, okay. I was in college and I was in the student union and one guy kept messing with me. They were talking about boxing. They were like, Daniel, you can't box. You got Charles Barkley arms. So I, I, in Louisiana, we call that feeling played. Like, man, I got played. I drove home. The whole time thinking, wow, I cannot believe I let that happen. I turn around, drive back, see the guy by the student union. I said, hey, I've got Charles Barkley arms. I can't box. I can't fight. He's like laughing, right? Thinks it's a game. He's a basketball player from like Detroit, Michigan. I go, hey, let me see your basketball. He gives it to me. I said, you said I can't fight? He's like, yeah. I said, okay. So I take that ball and I smash him in the face as hard as I could with the basketball. <laughs> I said, now fight me. I said, now fight me. He took off running. I said, now fight me. I said, show me I can't fight. I said, you want to disrespect me in that way? You show me now that I can't fight. I smashed him in the face with that fully inflated basketball. He didn't fight me. There are just certain things that I can't deal with. And you're right. I do Listen, I don't want to fight Jake Paul. But if he's going to continue to say my name mm. and he's going to continue to do this, then he'd have to fight me in a mixed martial arts competition. What has he said that, that has... Just he'll beat me up yeah. and all this other stuff. Like, listen, I'm doing my job here. This is yeah. what we do. Right. This is what we do. Ariel, I didn't even know who Jake Paul was until he fought some guy, Nate Robinson. And then mm -hmm. you told me. I didn't even know who he was. What do I know about a kid? I didn't know who the kid was, bro. But I'm doing my job here. I talk about him. 
I talk about John Jones. I talk about Miocic. I talk about anybody that I've competed with. Anybody that's in the news of fighting, that's who I talk about. So for you to take offense and think that, okay, I just beat Ben Askren. Now I'm going to pick on this other guy, this older guy, you know, 42 years old. DC's out of shape, which I am. I'm going to go pick. No, you're not going to do that. My name will not be used as a springboard. I, I love my legacy and I will protect my legacy. And if protecting my legacy means I, I got to smack this kid upside his head, that's what I have to do. You know what's happened here, right? You know what? what's happened here, DC? I've worked my way into a shoot. You have worked your way into a <laughs> shoot, for God's sakes. This is rule number one. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Because this like, is a shoot, oh, brother. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You told me this. On, yes. First off, I want to give you a public apology. You don't have to publicly apologize. I want to give you a public apology. No one knows what you're apologizing for. I want. I'm, I'm going to tell them. I okay. want to give you a public apology. So Saturday, when I'm dealing with the Jake Paul situation, my friend Ariel didn't text me. DC, don't, don't, don't. You're doing exactly what they want you to do. I said, Ariel, I am not you. I will never be disrespected. So I feel a little bad about that because then it's almost like I'm saying you let people say your name in vain and not do anything about it. So my friend, I apologize. I don't want to make it seem like you are afraid because you don't go up to people like I do. But, you know, I just can't handle that. You know, and it, well, it's very nice of you. It's very nice of you I to say that. I, I when I read that, it was I was our like, first fight because it felt like I was you like, got oh. mad at me. I was like, you listen, I understood. Listen, there's fifteen thousand people there. Tensions are high. Emotions are high. You just went face to face. You had a moment. Now all of a sudden, everyone's talking about it online. People are screaming "f Jake Paul," all this stuff. So I get it. I, I was going to address it on Sunday. You addressed it first because I'm like, listen, there's levels. To, you know, I have to conduct myself like a professional. I'm a professional broadcaster. You could go out and do your thing because you're a fighter. Your leash is a little longer. But I want to know. And thank you for that. That's all right. You know, hey, you know, I'll go to hell and back for you now. Yes, now, you do. Yes, you do. The, the relate. But I, I would not expect you to fight for me. I would never ask you to like get physical for me. If, let me tell you something. If you fight him in an MMA fight, I'm not, and I'm not in your corner. I will be offended. I just want the you world know, to know that know, right you now. Know, <laughs> you know who came? You know who came with me? Who? Dean Thomas. He Dean was there, Thomas, right behind me. Dean goes, "If that respect. dude has a problem, I'm coming with you." Hey, Dean respect. Thomas is right with me. That's cool. That's cool. I, I respect. Walk, that. Hey, I went right up to those dudes. Him and all his bodyguards. His bodyguard said, "Don't point your hand in his face." I said, "I'll point my hand in your face." Who the hell's that? Who's that guy? I'll fight him on the card. I'll fight that guy on the card. And Tyron fights Jay Leon Love or whatever his name is. Put them all together. Like we'll just, I'll just rotate. Like we'll, I'll fight one in the first prelims. Oh, you do a tornado round. I'll fight the second bodyguard at the end of the prelims, and I'll fight that kid in the main event. That's what you do. By the way, when you go back to the desk, what happens? Does someone say like DC? Rogan goes, "What happened?" Rogan ended up looking like, "What?" I said, "Rogan." He goes, "I go, I don't play." I Rogan, I don't play that. He goes, "I know, brother." And he tapped me on the back. I was like, "I'm not gonna play these games, Joe." And he goes, I understand. And Did Dana say anything? Hmm? Did Dana say anything? No, they, I just, you know, you know, certain people you can talk to like that, certain people you can't. I get it. It's crazy, man, to see, like, he has the whole sport freaking but he, reeling. But he, actually, but he actually is winning in this situation. Let's be 100%. honest. 100%. F.J. Paul, by game. the way, you guys talked about it on the broadcast. He's shown on the broadcast as, like, one of the celebrities – Really moved to go from him to Nick Diaz, by the way. That was absolutely yes. brilliant. Moves to cheers. All right. So to recap this, because we do have to talk about Nick very quickly. You are making it clear. You will fight this man in an MMA fight. I'll be disaster in an MMA fight. <laughs> I don't want to fight him. Ariel, listen, I don't want to fight anybody. I don't want to fight anybody. But if you're going to challenge my name, then yes, you can fight me in a mixed martial arts competition. Well, guess what? Later on today, I'm actually scheduled to talk to Jake Paul. So I will get his response. 
to what yep, you just martial said. Martial arts competition. We can fight. 205. I'll Daniel get all versus. I don't want to get down to 205, but I'll go all the way down because I want to be in good shape. You, you will be. You will never be more popular. If that act, fight actually comes together, you will oh, never be more popular. Let's be honest. This ain't happening. It's not happening. There's no way. Like, Could you imagine if you do to him what you did to Josh Barnett? No, 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 no. I'm going to do it. You remember when I like, remember when I like cut Anthony Johnson's eye right there when I slid it wide open? Like, right. I remember I just kind of like spread. And you know, you remember how I like, remember how I was like taking a couple dudes, like elbow his face. Remember how I had, how I had Vulcan in the crucifix and I was just bashing him. My coaches were like, elbow him. And I was like, you know what? The kid's done. You know, I don't want to elbow him. I'm just going to kind of oh. soft, you know? This kid, I would like slice him up. I'm slicing him up with this one right here. See this? The tip of the elbow, I'm slicing yeah. him. I'm destroying him. I'm destroying him. Ariel, I'm destroying him. Like, destroying him. Bloodied up face, body all beat up. Choke him a little bit. Like, just just push his face in the, the ground. The same TikTok. The same TikTok. Oh, oh Jake seems to have real, bit off a little you more playing, than he could you, you messing around with you playing around in Lafayette, Louisiana at this point. I mean, you don't want to go play around in Lafayette, Louisiana with me. So God, gotta stop crazy. playing. He's gotta stop. Dude's gotta stop. All right. Well, that this is crazy. The this is the gauntlet. Shut up or fight me in a mixed martial arts competition. All right. Or next time. Next time you better hope next time I'm not at work. You better hope next time you see me, I'm at work. Because if I'm not at work. And I will grab him by the face. I just couldn't do it in my uh, role as a commentator. Another person that you did grab, <laughs> a nice transition there, was uh, apparently Nick Diaz. <laughs> right? You grabbed him. You felt his power. Oh, he grabbed me. He oh, okay. grabbed me. He hugged me. He said he missed me, which was uh, why? a bit odd. I mean, we hadn't really like what? seen each other for a long time. so maybe That's why he missed you. But no, like, you know, Nate, I see Nick. And like, Yo, what up, Nick? What up, baby? You know, he's... <laughs> But then we hugged each other, and, and I was like, wow, he's strong. Like, he's in phenomenal shape right now. He's in fantastic shape. The guy is. He's legit. He's coming back. He's coming back. I think he's coming back. I met with Dana after. I was told the meeting went well. I don't I know if any opponent stuff and all that. I think that's premature. Nick Diaz hasn't fought in five and a half years. He's sitting in the front row. Wish he wasn't drinking the beer because everything I've heard, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't he tell you he was going to bed like super early on Friday? He was going to bed early, bro. Friday night in bed. It was like 10 o'clock, 945. Dude was heading upstairs. It was good. Nick Diaz. Nick, Nick, being serious. I thought Nick was coming back last year. The pandemic changed everything. Um, but I think he is serious. I think he wants the sport to love him. I think he loves the sport again. And the Diaz brothers kind of come in waves. we got Nathan coming back. I think Nick, if you look at his Instagram, if that's any indication, is in phenomenal shape. By the way, Nick doesn't just show up to events like just to be a fan. It's a purpose, right? He yeah. went with a purpose. He wanted to, He went to meet Dana. Mm. And I'm sure they got everything squared away to see what's going to happen. Do you have a preference him. who he fights first? Uh, I'll throw one out there. Robbie Lawler. Like, huh? Robbie Lawler. Robbie Lawler. Cowboy Cerrone, if he can beat Diego Sanchez. Um, can we Do we agree that like a Hamza Chemaev is an absolute insane idea? Like no, that's just not dumb. those guys. Listen. No, no, no. Robbie Lawler. If Cowboy, if he beats Dia, Jorge Masvidal. That's the one I was going to say. But that's Nathan's nope. thing. That's Nathan's thing. But I'm they, saying, even if it's Nick, though, Jorge Masvidal, like. They, they don't I like to, they don't like to do, like, that's why 
Nathan never went after GSP when that was a possibility. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. that's a thing between them. I'm saying there's just like those types of guys for right now to see where he is in his career. Masvidal would be perfect. That would be perfect. It would be yeah. a massive fight. It yeah. would be one of those fights that you don't need a belt. Right. You don't oh. even need a belt to main event. Was the crazy Nick, thing was Nick in the last main event that didn't have a title fight? Him and Anderson. No, not the last. One of the first, not the last. Oh, because, really? One of the first ones. Well, because remember, uh, McGregor and Diaz both times. Oh yeah, yeah no title fight. Yeah. That was after. That was after. Yeah, but, he, but yeah, yeah, January of 2015 was the last time he fought. Wow. We and remember, he got I, he got the five year suspension. We all thought that that was it. In the end, the suspension got reduced, and he still didn't fight within five years. When we sat, when we sat down in the cage. <laughs> A freaking legend of the game. And it's crazy that his brother has now become more like, I don't know if the fans of today, like how many of those fans remember that were in attendance on Saturday, remember Nick in his prime. I don't know. Cause it's been so long. He was good, man. He had that, that, that pressure style, the, the Nate Diaz style that everybody loves. That was Nick style. Mm. Nick created that style and was just him and Paul Daly in San Diego or Miami, wherever they fought that one time. Crazy first round fight. Yeah, him beating up Mario Zaramskis in San Jose. Uh, no, that was Cyborg Evangelist mm-hmm. Cyborg in San mm-hmm. Jose. Crazy, he did beat Mario Zaramskis too. I he think. did, yeah, he did. Like all those that guys, was in Miami, yeah. Those fights, like Takanori Gomi with the Gogo Plata, the way he would put it on those dudes, man. Nick Diaz was he was a sight to behold. Um, so that was, I mean, so much happened. Uh, we are running out of time, unfortunately, but have to mention. Israel Asanya, Marvin Vittori 2 is official June 12th. They didn't give it to Rob Whitaker. I know everyone's very upset about that. They offered it to Rob first, but he has to quarantine now for two weeks after a five-round fight, has to get better from the fight as well. He would essentially have like a month to prepare for this fight, if not a little less. And so Vittori is the guy who's crazy enough to take this fight. Shout out to him. He gets his title shot that he wanted. You know, Rob putting out there that, hey, maybe Izzy was campaigning for such a quick turnaround to catch me off guard or knowing that I wouldn't be able to take it. I don't know. All I know is Rob's going to get the winner and people were all up in arms and upset on his behalf, but for him not, I mean, like he can't take that fight, you know, no, he can't on, fight, he can't fight like that too soon. But listen, this is crazy because if a tour manages to win, right. If a tour manages to win this fight, hmm. throws it all up in arms, right? Because, then you got the trilogy between those two. You got Whitaker in the wings. And I bet if Israel Asanya isn't the champion at age five, I'm willing to bet you Kamar Usman would consider fighting a Marvin Vittori. Wow, we're, we're already writing off Stylebender? Damn. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying if he's able to win, I just know Usman won't fight Israel at Asanya. But I think a Marvin Vittori, if he can win the fight... That might be something that he would look at doing because at some point we're going to start to get a little stale with the title defenses at 170. So let's see. Yeah, we still have Wonder Boy out there. There's Michael Kesa doing his thing, Vicente Luque. I'm not worried about that. But, um, hey, Izzy deserves a lot of credit. Like Usman got credit for coming back so soon, especially after a loss. Uh, Vittori will get his, his shot. Of course, he fought him very close, split decision back in 2018. I respect Rob for saying I need a little more time and hopefully come September, October, November, we'll get that fight. By the way, I do have to shout out Clay Collard. Clay Collard, this man is unbelievable. The darling of the top-ranked bubble 
with a huge win over Anthony Pettis and Anthony Pettis's PFL debut. PFL back this week with the debut of Rory McDonald. Clay Collard, if you're not watching this guy, a blue-collar boxer. He did good in boxing, and now he comes back to MMA and beats Anthony Pettis. Clay yeah. Collard is on fire. Cassius Clay Collard. What uh, a with name. the audacity what to a call himself What a name. It's fun. What a name. It is what fun. What a name. Almost as fun as this show. Wow, what a show, DC. From Kamaru Dean to Rose to Valentina to DC laying down the challenge for Jake Paul. Man. I'm I'm all giddy. I'm gonna go run ten miles outside just after oh. that pro. I mean, you did, that was a pipe bomb right there. What a promo Let from me the say former two time champ. I'm done playing, baby. I'm just done playing. I'm done playing these games. Respect. All right. Step up or shut up. It's over. That's it. Could you imagine the pay-per-view buys for that fight? Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. This is insane. All right. Uh, we're out of time. Thank you very much, Modelo. Thanks to the entire team. Thanks to DC, of course. Back next week, same time and place until then we say praise. We're out of here. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.